Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy holidays, happy Christmas, or Kwanzaa, or Hanukkah, or any of the other uh, ones that I may have missed. I apologize. You said holidays first. It's fine. I did say you holidays. That was all inclusive. Everything. It's all good. Whatever. You don't need We're to, here to talk about a Christmas slasher. Happy solstice. I can't believe it took us almost 400 episodes to get around to this one. We've talked You're about welcome. the sequels. And I picked one of them. You picked yeah. one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I picked. Mm, you picked two of wait, them. Wait, wait, hold on. Who yeah. who picked who picked what? I picked four. I Matt picked, picked five. Three and five. Three was literally we just needed a Christmas. Movie. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was Matt. Like that's that's default Matt pick though. Because I, I, I think I, I just was like, hey, I this just one. said let's do four again. So four and I five are I done. Just, oh, we I, don't need to do anything else except. Yeah, this, this is one. literally the literally last right one. Now. Yeah, okay. there's no that. reason to ever cover two. We are actually. No. If we ever did two, it would just be us re-releasing this episode. Yeah, like it's like <laughs> with a bumper. Like why? All right. So, I want to ask a question right out the gate, which is, how did each one of us watch Silent Night, Deadly Night? You mean for, the for this episode time? or for the yeah. for this recording? I didn't. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, uh, it was a Anchor Bay DVD. Okay, Scott. I have a rip that is the weirdest fucking rip. It's not the same rip I had a couple years ago, but it, it like I think it's supposed to be an uncut version, and there are extra pieces that are that. You remember when we used to watch My Bloody Valentine, and they had those shitty fucking pieces in the middle? So that's, we're gonna talk. That's Scott. how I watched it. Okay, that's the same thing that like because they it just totally shifts quality yeah. like immediately. Yes. Yeah, garbage. And they call it unrated, and it's like yeah. yeah. I, yeah exactly. I watched the Scream Factory unrated Blu-ray that they released recently. Well, not, I guess not that recently. It was a while ago, but it starts with a very long disclaimer explaining the process in which they took to attempt to restore the uncut footage. And it felt like a weird combination of self-congratulatory, <laughs> also disguised as an excuse for why it's not very right, good. as an apology as <laughs> yeah, well. Like, yeah. No, we all and, watched the same version. I just didn't watch it on Blu-ray, so I wonder yeah. if they even upscale, like, upscaled. I don't know. but a better term. But. Here's what I'm going to ask you guys, because I'm curious. 
all of the stuff where the the quality drops to grainy, so you know mm-hmm. it's the new stuff. Mm-hmm. Everything that if I was a director, I would have put on the cutting room floor. Like yeah. there was nothing there was of nothing value necessary. There was there. <laughs> like, yeah, no. like, it's just no like extra a longer, gore. There, yeah. I, I, most of them didn't even have any like. It was establishing shots. Yeah. It was just like a longer shot of a character Weird. walking into a room where it's like, I, oh, we need to show them walk I down the hallway. Say a lot of that, exteriors. I yeah. feel like there was like a lot of Is exteriors. Is there this one spot after Billy kills um, uh, the, the his shitty boss and the girl that he's assaulting? Yes, Miss Reynolds. Yes. Yeah. Um, there's like this spot where he like looks around and it's an establishing shot. I am confident. That the previous version that I've watched with the full good quality has that shot. It's just like maybe two seconds shorter. Yeah, like yeah. It's, that's but, what I mean. So it they was... took out the entire good shot and they just added the shitty one. Yeah, it's it was. It, there's, it's so strange. And look, I heard similar complaints about Krampus when Krampus mm-hmm. came out and they did the naughty cut. Everyone was like, there was nothing. Like it was just like longer dinner table conversation like it had like nothing to do oh, with adding more gore worse to watch for me yeah, yeah so it's like I not every horror movie needs to be this like oh we we pulled up all the cut footage because like sometimes shit's cut for a reason right like, like no you have to you have to trust that people are doing their job yeah, and not right. just like be like oh yeah. we found this in the trash it's in the trash it's in the yeah. trash the trash I, if it's I in can, the bottom of the trash it means it's bad yeah I can it's promise rotted. you that all of the times prior to this Blu-ray, when I watched Silent Night, Deadly Night, I never thought, wait a second, how did Mr. Sims get into the back room? I wish that there was a shot of him walking through the aisle to get there. No. What do you Sims? mean we're at a new house? Yeah, <laughs> like, all right. Sorry. So we got all that out of the way. My memory of this movie is that I definitely rented it with a group of friends in like eighth grade because it was one of those infamous movies. Oh, yeah. I also bought the VHS tape at a churchyard sale, <laughs> which is Hallelujah. awesome. Uh, yeah. But, fucking Lula. but uh, Lula? No. <laughs> my memories of this movie, because it's been a while since I've watched it, I don't particularly like this movie. What? I compared... watch this movie every year you while do I'm watching Christmas every... presents. It's fucking crazy well, that you don't. I might, I might start watching it more again. Because what happened was that, like, I I got the DVD that was like parts three, four, and five. Oh yeah, and like my my memory of those was like these are fun, they're not taking themselves seriously, and part one takes itself way too seriously and it's too dark and nihilistic and grindhousey really for me. Dark so much shit. Like, but that's yeah. what I love about it is that it feels like you're watching th- this like this deconstruction of self in slow motion, and that's what makes it like. It's it's sad. Like it's a sad fucking movie, you know. Yeah, like it's, it, it, Billy right. is broke. Billy's clearly not start. been at a place that's helped him necessarily. Yeah. Like they've gotten him, a, they've helped him grow up physically, and then gotten he's him a, a big job. boy. But yeah, yeah right. but they certainly not helped him psychologically in any way, no, and no, they've not prepared him for the real world. Yeah, they've if anything, they've damaged him slightly more throughout more? the course of the right. movie. Really? But there are, I have to say, there are things that are, I, I can't deny that the cheese, there's cheese elements in oh, this yeah. movie that got me. And one of the very first Please ones that I completely me. forgot about is just that opening title card of the slow zoom to the reef 
with Silent Night with a kid singing, and then it's like cartoon blood explodes onto the camera and See, drips I, down I, to I the word Deadly Night. That the first thing that you were going to like really latch onto was Warm Side of the Door. I know it's like 15 <laughs> minutes in, but god damn, that song is ultra cheese but it's well no i did write baseline, I, I did write why are all the non-christmas songs in this movie straight yacht rock <laughs> it's, like, so good. it's so good it's Come so on. weird you have traditional christmas songs and like choir singing it and then it's just like saturday night at the movies like, <laughs> they're like setting up for for whatever you're just like what is happening but are we ever going to do a horror movie night album of any capacity of us <laughs> of 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 Matt particularly talking about what a movie sounds like, <laughs> making the song up, and then singing it. Listen, Patreon, guys, if you want Step this, pay for it. We'll do it. I have nothing but time. I mean, I actually have responsibilities, but that's fun. Right, that's right. a fun. It's thing fun. It's fun. Um, I would. I mean, that's gonna be a, a greatest hits, including things <laughs> such as Matt's. Yeah, Saturday Night at the Movies. His impression of what uh, Power Rangers sounds like. Dude, that is the best recording I've ever you know, done. Uh, so, so I gotta say, Tom, friend of the show, Tom Pandich. Uh, are we allowed to use last names when they're friends of the sure. show? Sure, they're friends. Of he'll the he'll show. like that. Um, but Tom was messaging me. Um, Tommy P. Tommy Maybe. P. Um, he was messaging me. He was like, "I'm finally watching uh, the out there um, mega tape, and I heard a very familiar song at the very beginning." I'm like, "Bro, the fact that Chris put my songs at the very in like the literally the first um, segments on the uh, the WNUF two uh, movie is just it's crazy." He was like. And I was like, I just, he came to me and said, can you make a Power Rangers ripoff? And I was like, can I? And Tom <laughs> said, I'm actually pretty disappointed in him. It makes me question his his decision-making skills as a filmmaker because he didn't immediately ask Matt to do it when Matt's <laughs> cover is obviously superior. <laughs> and I said, I offered to pay Chris to uh, to be in his movie. And Kyle, I heard a very, speaking of sounds, I heard a very interesting sound. What did I hear there about 10 minutes ago at this point? Mm, sipping on Santa Claus from Fat Ooh. Orange Cat. It's an imperial stout with cinnamon buns. Baby girl, I got Alpha Claus from Three Floyds. Yeah. because Three you know, Floyds is great, too. Yeah, I mean, it's actually a pretty good beer. Um, I don't really love Christmas ales, but um, I actually don't drink a whole lot of beer anymore um, yeah. unless I have a good reason for it. So, um, And it is Christmas. Uh, it's Christmas. It's, it's Christmas here at Horror Movie Stay with me, kid. Why are this party? You don't think you are Santa Claus. <laughs> fucking love Mr. Sims. He's Dude, Mr. Sims has a line that I guess was cut from the original movie because it's in some grainy ass footage. Yeah. Where it's just before, you know, he fully snaps and Billy starts killing everybody. But uh, Sims just walks up and goes, Party's fucking dead anyway. Go get him, Santa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> go on. Go get him. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, you know what Santa Claus does? Because yeah. he's just fucking slurring. Well, and um, like I, that's a, it's so it makes it really doesn't make any sense, and it makes it so pure, purely drunk, like pure, like it's such a good drunk character. It's, it's so good too because he's so fucking blind drunk that he forgets that Billy's parents were murdered by Santa Claus well, no, on Christmas Eve. Here's my question, actually, no on all of that. No I think that he was never fucking told by anybody was, at that orphanage. He was, because oh. um, I, I, I thought that, too, until this watch. Because um, he goes, what, what's wrong, Santa? And, and Billy's fucking drunk already, and he's like, because he's never touched alcohol in his life, by the way. And yeah. he's just giving him straight whiskey. 
and and Billy's drunks in the Santa costume, and, and Mr. Sims comes up and goes, "What's wrong, boy? What's wrong, Santa?" And he goes, "I'm thinking about my parents." He's like, "Great, you should think about your parents on Christmas." And he's like, "They're dead." And he's like, "Oh, that's right, I forgot." You know, these, <laughs> you know, like so he he was. It yeah. was explained to him by I, that younger nun. It may not uh, have no been fully explained. It might have just said, it, "Hey, he's know. an orphan. Your parent, his parents are dead." They may not have gotten into the nitty gritty details of his Santa yeah, trauma. I, I don't know, but but <laughs> I, I do love that he, he goes over and he like locks the door of the toy store and he goes, seven o'clock. It's over. Time to get shit faced." <laughs> so I really want to cover Santa's watching. Um, the song from the uh, the the credits, one of the credits roll. And I want to have the that sound clip at the beginning of it because it's it is so many people on Christmas Eve. But I also yeah. am like I'm at the point where if I have two drinks, I will feel like crap the next morning. I cannot, I cannot dedicate. No, any I shouldn't time. have opened the second beer for. The thing that makes me so amped when I watch it is the montage with warm side of the door. Billy starts his job at the toy store in the spring, and so he's got like six months, eight months. Well, let's let's acknowledge that we have in this episode, we are 15 minutes into recording this and we have jumped almost 40 minutes into this movie and just ignored people like this have seen this movie more than once. I do feel like as far as long as I've been on the show, this is like the most maybe not, but this feels like it's up there with like the most watched horror movie that we've talked about since my uh, for sure. Arrival. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? I like, think I think you have like, to have a little. You have to have some obscure. You have to have some, some, right. some stuff. That's, right, right. That's and well but it, it, I mean, it was surprising that we, y'all hadn't talked about this. Uh, yeah. So I'm happy to, to happy to. You got to save something for episodes 500, 600, 700, <laughs> 800, and so on. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I will yeah, have no, no hair by then. Um, <laughs> but uh, and I will look like Mr. Fucking. You and me Sims. both. Do you see this? Uh, no, bro. Shut the fuck up. But, but anyway, that warm side of the door montage it just kills me every time because the '80s toys are just pure serotonin. You have so, in the background, you have like all the Return of the Jedi shit because that came yeah. out in '83 and this movie came out in '84. And so they literally just rented out a toy store to shoot in, and like it's just and there's like a GI Joe Halloween costume. It's just, I mean, I would, if if you gave me a working time machine, 50 bucks says that I waste, like, the butterfly effect and going to go kill Hitler or whatever you should do. And I would just go to the toy store in Silent Night, Deadly Night before Billy kills everybody and just, like, grab as much of yeah. that Return of the Jedi, those yeah. boxes, because I want Jabba's palace. I want Jabba on his throne. No I want the Cantina Band. I want the Ewok, like, this you is know, the... The, the, the Dude, forest house. Yak I face, want, man. Yeah. Yes, I want it all. The rarest so of all the on Star the verge Wars toys. Of a cease and desist. Like, yeah. it's so close <laughs> to not being able to be released with that footage because well, of what's in the toy store. It's well, so especially, fucking close. Well, especially, like, given how controversial this movie was upon its release. Right. You think it's that like, every you think toy company fucking... would be like, please do not hold on. Yeah. On yeah. any of that, and, that and would the be great. And the thing is that this, I knew about this movie. So this movie came out when I was two. And um, I knew about this movie by the time I was probably five. Was and it sort of I like was, legendary in like your... Absolutely. Like, how, how did that you cover? know it? Oh, because yeah. we go to the, the grocery store and I would scare myself sick by looking at the box art. I remember, uh, the, I think that the two biggest ones were Monkey Shines and Silent Night, Deadly Night. And um, Monkey Shines does not live up to the expectation mm. as an adult. But man, does Silent Night, Deadly Night come... And just smash you in the fucking face with it. I don't think I saw this one first. I think I saw Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 first. And I was in college. I never watched this movie in high school. And I have made up for it 
by watching it at least once a year every Christmas in my adulthood. Uh, it is just this and my double features um, are just it's 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 rotation every year when I wrap right. presents. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. So something that I forgot about in this movie is uh, I think Kyle will relate to this. Uh, I'm a big fan of watching a lot of the slasher documentaries that dropped in the mid 2000s. Mm -hmm. Your uh, nightmares in red, white, and blue and going to pieces, the rise and fall. I completely forgot that there's a shot in this movie that appears in all of those slasher docs. And I never pieced together that it was from this, which is the box cutter through the stomach in the break room when it, when he's killing mm -hmm. Pamela, that shot appears in a lot of like kill montage sequences, but I think because of the way it's shot, you don't even see that it's a Santa Claus that's doing it really because it's so. I quick. think you see a red hand because it's yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, as yeah, long as you don't see the white around the wrist, it could be anybody. That's what it's I mean. I was like, it's oh. kind of giallo esque, but very, very much so. But it's but it's also like but you're but it's in an an American Christmas capitalistic like it's like not to. I'm not going to throw a fucking study on it, but it's just like, it's so oh, removed, <laughs> but it's, but it is, but it, but it's so kind of like uncanny in a slap, like, in a in a way, cause it does feel unlike a lot of things that you see in slasher movies, but it also seems so like, Oh, that's silent night, deadly night. Like it can go, yes. it can go either way. It's really, this movie's kind of interesting to look at through the lens of all of the other Christmas horror as well. And I'm not going to totally. list a bunch of them because obviously there's a good chance that it's a bunch of people's double features. But <laughs> like, cares? you know what? It's Christmas. We can have presents all we want. But, but even bless. something like God, like, God, I, God, Jesus Christ bless. <laughs> yes. Oh, happy birthday. numbers going down as we, as we speak. <laughs> but no, the uh, like Silent Night, Deadly Night, I think is a more fun watch. But this movie is not fun though. But it's is, not. It's not. Movie, but I'm. Can I say? That but I'm comparing it to Christmas Evil. Like Christmas oh, Evil, Christmas I think Evil is, is so unfun. Yeah. But it's. Right. But I think it's a better movie for what it's trying to do, which is like be a character study of someone who does snap but under I, these circumstances. This yeah. one just feels so like Christmas Evil feels like if Brian Dupama or Stanley Kubrick wanted to make a movie about a killer Santa Claus, yes, this yes. feels like a grindhouse-ass look at like the exact same yeah. concept, but really leaning harder and wrong. harder into the exploitation of it all. Yeah, You're this movie wrong. is probably the most exploitative movie that I will pick probably ever, ever on yeah. this show. But I think it's just, this movie, and, and pardon me for saying it twice, but I think this movie is special. Um, yeah. I think that it's it's like, it really toes that line of being exploitative, but also being really like cogent in a weird way because it's it it like it takes us back to when people tried to cancel a movie for valid reasons. Yes, <laughs> like, now this movie is fucked up. Like yeah, I, I, you know I would mean, not like, show this to a there's, six year old. There's a level of concern here. Yeah, yeah. well, because I think it to do with the sexual assault and the the right. The we even talked about it before but, but, we got on air, like considering. If this is not if well, this we should is do it, yeah, movie, so, but like so to people's yeah. to, to Matt's credit, after last week, he, I said, can we do Silent Night Deadly Night? And he was like, I'm pretty sure that there's the R, in in the very beginning. And I'm like, I let me check. I'm pretty sure it's not because I watch it every year. Um, and I was like, no, there's no R in the beginning of this. It's he the 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 Santa killer, um, rips open the shirt, but then immediately and then slices throat. her throat. But um, there is more essay later on before Pamela gets murdered by the guy that is 
assaulting her. Which I've totally and forgot too. I think that it's it's very interesting that it's there because the first time you watch this and then if you watch this movie and forget about it and then the second time you watch it if you're not really well versed in what happens and who gets murdered in this movie which is literally everybody you watch it and you're like oh He's, he's gonna let her Pamela. live. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's the good guy. He's an antihero. Right. Fuck no, he's not. He is unhinged, and he kills her too because he thinks that because she was being assaulted and her breasts are out, and he also is be- dealing with his own feelings of like sexual desire for her that he just has to kill her too. Right, and it's you know, a, and so it's like it's, it, I love I love that. That's what I'm saying about this movie being special because I think that there's a lot more thought put into the 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 character than anybody gives it credit for because they're like oh it's that slasher movie it's almost like a small eight. twist yeah. like in a way yeah he, you know he, then he's like i'll fucking kill everybody i don't care yeah right the, you know, the only person he doesn't kill is the kid he doesn't yeah. he won't kill kids because he thinks that they're innocent and that's like his inner child trying to fight i mean like this is therapy sessions right here but you know what i'm saying <laughs> no but it works it, apply, it, it work. applies completely but but then it works but then it also kind of like he does suddenly lean back into like he is punishing people it's i remember someone talking about the movie super before and they were saying like the brilliant thing about super is that for the first half of that movie he is legitimately punishing anybody who he sees as bad and Mm -hmm. it's it's robbers and it's you know it's it's really big stuff but the more that you decide who is good and who is bad then it's like he's beating someone with a wrench for butting in front of him at the movie theater. And it's like that line, when you decide that you are the decider of the law, that line becomes more and more hazy and gray by your own interpretations of things. That's kind of why things like like Maniac Cop, that's kind of why things like (laughs) Maniac Cop work. And I think, I mean, this movie falls into that. Does Maniac Cop work? Uh, mm. It doesn't, because cops <laughs> are all in here. Like, we should oh, never tell stories man. about cops. We are just um, hitting the greatest hits of stuff people do and do not want to hear. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I think that there's something there's something that, that works story-wise, where if you do it once, you don't have to see it again. And mm-hmm. I think Silent Night, Deadly Night does that. It kind of, like, owns up. Like, kind of owns up. I mean, we're putting a, we're putting a lens on it. Sure. Uh, yeah. Here and and talking, but I mean, also it's a at the same time, it works. Year old movie, right? But it also works exploitatively. Like it works in both tracks, mm-hmm. and I don't think I think once a movie works in both of those tracks, it, nobody else after that can really do it. Like, and uh, you know, Maniac Cop may not be the the example, but I think that it also like it kind of is. It's like you also have somebody buy by the law until they don't. You have sure, somebody yeah, abiding by Santa laws until they don't, mm-hmm. and it's because. Well, of no, I their... think that he's abiding by Santa laws the entire time because it's his fucked up idea of Santa, which is you have to punish people, and the things that you right. punish people for are. It's almost so literal. It's almost so literal to yeah, the explanation a. of it's Santa. Literally, yeah. there's no gray <laughs> it's type area. A Santa. <laughs> um, type A Santa, and, and it's like children are are good, then adults are bad because literally anything that an adult does is bad. Like Mr. Sims is coming after him. He's he is he probably is like oh i see him as a threat murder right. mrs randall gets killed because she's wrong place wrong time she's got to go you know she's she's scared by him and so gotta go and i love that he has that toboggan beheading because those fuckers stole the toboggan they're naughty they gotta get punished and also toboggan beheading is my xmas themed death metal project so 
Just that put is, it out there. Just that is we're, the best we're claiming moment in it. this movie. One hundred percent for me <laughs> is the is the sled. I hate I hate the graininess that changes. Yeah. Yeah. It changes. Yeah, I'm just like come. I on. was gonna go with toboggan decapitation, but we already have cattle decapitation. Yeah. I thought that would be too on the uh, on the nose. Can we can, can we talk about though that this kid? Who I don't know how old the character is supposed to be, but the actor is damn near twenty years old. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, is having way nope. too much fun um, trying well, to force this sled to move bro, through the he's, snow. He's never sled once in his life. <laughs> like, Not once. He's like screaming, but also like trying desperately to get this sled to work down the hill. It's Have you so ever tobogganed, Matt? That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Those things suck it's all ass. tobogganing is. There is, yeah. there is a couple funny lines of dialogue in this movie. There's one in the very beginning when Billy is first uh, being punished for spying on two people having sex and it cuts out to the playground and like a kid just like walks up to Rick and he's like, your brother's crazy, Ricky. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, like, yeah. Oh yeah. Like, that got a laugh out of me. But then Linnea Quigley pops up in probably the most famous scene in the movie, which is getting shoved into the antlers. But the little girl is calling for, and she says, if you don't go to bed, Santa won't come. And the guy next to her goes, he's not going to be yeah, the, the only, only one. one. <laughs> it's every time. Every time. I almost forget it every time. No, I, I will never forget it. And also rest in peace for the panties that they put poor Linnea in because they are just the saggiest, just. almost awful things. Thank goodness that she got put in some Daisy Dukes, which is a weird thing to say. Yeah. No, but, but truly. Also, shout out to Penny Dollarhide um, on Instagram who did an amazing cosplay of Linnea Quigley with deer antlers through her fucking what yeah it's great oh yeah it's incredible I'll tell you something that I could do without in this movie and this is this is Matt the empathic human being is I'm totally fine with the Linnea kill I'm totally fine with the little girl seeing Billy and Billy giving her a box cutter what I'm not okay with is Billy leaving the house and me having to hear this little girl start searching for her babysitter, Denise? Because I know that this means that this child is going to see the massacre and be scarred for life. Okay, so that's what I... So I, I made a joke about how I don't love the third act of this movie. Yeah. Here's the thing about that little girl finding Linnea and her boyfriend's bodies. And then the kids at the orphanage seeing Santa get killed not once but twice. Um, It's this idea that I really love about generational trauma where Billy was traumatized and it's out of his control not to traumatize other children. And I think that that's, I mean, I know that there are probably people that are listening and they're like, Scott, shut the fuck up. Get off your, your soapbox about Silent Night, Deadly Night. It's just a cheap ass, you know, slasher flick from 84. But I just that's why this movie has gone into so much heavy rotation for me because it it seems like it does so much of what it, it does so much beyond just giving you a kill comp and i love that because any one of the kids that experienced this 15 years later they could do the same shit yeah, yeah. no i'm yeah. Dude, i'm going to be us i'm going to you know like i'm going to back you, you know? up completely on it cuz it's also like not for anything but it's like just because it's a cheap horror movie from the 80s does not mean that there is no thought put behind it there's probably more thought put behind it than anybody realizes just the the capability and the ability to do such Mm -hmm. was more available like in some ways like you know what i mean so it's like 
that people might not talk about the deeper themes of Solomon Island, <laughs> but but also like not only is that parallel, like the generational trauma is paralleling, but it's also like the trauma of the story of Christmas, which I think that like on a campier level exists. That's it's super like you know, campy. there's like the super naughty, fucking campy, right? Like there's the naughty, the nice. There's like the very like black and white situation. But at the same time, you're telling about that black and white situation by looking at it through a lens of like, well, this is what happens to fucking kids. This yeah. is what happens to kids that aren't like brought up with any sort of healing or any sort of care or any sort of like, and you're just p- sort of put back out into the world. And it's like, yeah, maybe it night might not have been thought about as deeply as we're talking about it, but it doesn't mean that the thought wasn't there. Or that the understanding yeah, maybe it was of it subtext in the writer's mind. Right, or right, 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 right. And it's it's it, it is. I think it, it is. When you say a special movie, I'm going to echo that, and I, I know Matt does too. It is. Yeah. It's it, as as. Oh, I meant to say this about John Carpenter's Vampires. <laughs> that movie is unwell. That movie is unwell. <laughs> and I'm going to say that about Silent Night Deadly Night. It's an unwell movie, but at least sure, it's informed. Sure. It's informed yeah. about its unwellness. Yes. No, I think that's John Carpenter's Vampires is not. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Scott, now you watch this movie every year and I'm sure that you watch maybe a double or even triple feature. So since this was kind of the can one I, you spearheaded. Can I do my triple feature? Yeah, that I let's do let you do this. What? I'm yeah. so sorry, guys. You can have the same movies. It's no, it's Christmas. Okay. no, I would love to hear actually, what, actually what you do. Yeah, what is your triple feature? So this is how I wrap presents because I wait until about 10 days before Christmas. So December 15th. Here we are. I've got a closet full of shit that I'm hiding from Megan and everybody else that comes to the house. Um, and... I'm like favorite part of Christmas because I don't love a whole lot about Christmas. I'm a horror. I'm a, I'm a Halloween guy. You know that. But I do have my rituals. And my ritual is I bring up my VCR and my cathode ray TV from the basement. I go all old school and I watch. You only do this for my, Christmas? I only watch VHS tapes once a year. And I watch Silent Night, Deadly Night. I, I'm sorry. I start with Black Christmas, uh, 74. Um, I then watched Silent Night, Deadly Night, and now I can watch Elves on VHS because Ooh. I have a copy of Elves now, too. That is a so mean-spirited triple feature if well, I've ever heard is, of one. It's, I'm not actually actively watching them. No, I'm you're rapping gifts. It's and I'm just like It's background music. It's music. You know, I'm just it's bouncing no, around and, being, and, you know. We just did 1974 Black Christmas as our Halloween episode for Christmas 365. Damn, that's and brutal for Christmas 365. No, but you know what? I <laughs> My dark. argument with that is that it is 
arguably the most Christmassy of any Christmas horror movie because that whole movie is just Christmas carols playing in the oh, background oh, from yeah. start to finish. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's up, it's it's up there. I don't know if I totally agree, but it's I I. But you're right. Like I think, especially for Christmas 365, like that's the one to that's the Halloween one. Well, we already for. did we already did Black Christmas 2006 Black uh, last year. <laughs> Black Xmas, Dude, which Black is Xmas lovely. Is, it, that movie's fucking rules. <laughs> so much I wish we hadn't already done that movie on the show <laughs> yeah, because I would do rules. it again in a heartbeat. All it right, is so good. there is zero chance you have taken my double feature, so I will let. <laughs> you take no but i i would also like to uh, but but scott let us on a i mean i think that it doubled as both of his things but matt do you have certain horror things that you watch every christmas during wrapping or i i actually actively avoid i try to get all of the christmas horror out of the way in november because I am such a I am such a Christmas traditionalist that it's like, oh, it's December first. It's time for like black and white movies about the sure. magic of Christmas time. Like, sure. I am just yeah, all also, on board. Um, when for we're that. talking about like generational trauma and how Christmas fucks up a lot of kids, um, I can't speak for you, Kyle, but I can speak for Matt. That yeah. Matt has had the most charmed fucking Christmas life of all time, and I fucking hate <laughs> your it for parents it. Like, are still together. You have siblings. <laughs> Everything. You never great had a traumatic Christmas there. in your life. And I'm so pissed off. No, I've had sad Christmas. Okay? Listen, I I have there have been many a Christmases with loss uh that no, actually no. make it. We just released an episode of Christmas 365 about the Garfield Christmas special, and that special makes me cry every single time because there's this beautiful scene where the grandmother just gives this minute-long speech about how Christmas is the saddest day of the year for her because mm. she misses her husband. Like ah. And it's like, I feel that too, but I feel like that's part of the Christmas experience is like, yeah, it sucks that there's like this sadness and and this pain in you, but there's also, I don't know, I, I, I feel like there's something beautiful in grief and sadness because to have that grief and sadness, there has to have been something of great joy in your life prior to that. And it's sure. like a reminder that you were lucky enough to have that joy in your life at one point and that it's possible to have that joy in your life again and that's why the controversial kid who teaches a guy who teaches a youth group statement that i make every year is that i think that there is more value out of scrooge than anything in the bible or out of santa claus to explain why i love christmas because to me christmas is about the possibility that you can be a better person at any moment you can stop being a shitty person and be a good person um and that's what i try to remember is like even if i just became the shitty person because i was like (laughs) <laughs> I, I was going a whole different way. But yeah, that's my 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 take on it is honestly like any person has the capability of changing, whether it's being a sad person to a happy person or a shitty person to a good person. Don't take that for granted. And here, you know what? Seasonal depression is a very real thing. This is our Christmas episode. I think all three of us, great time to say, if you're feeling real fucking low because it's yeah. Christmas coming up. All three of us are always happy to talk with you yes. about That's any yes. of that shit. No doubt, because I, I I think that we've all not only have we been through it, but we could potentially be in it slash be through, through it, it yeah. again. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So so don't ever think that you're alone in that. And also no. being in the northeast of the United States is literally logistically uh, we're in we're in the majority. Yeah. <laughs> don't ever think you're in the minority. Uh, you are. There's people who who there are so many. Of, there are dozens of us. There's dozens. dozens. All right, but no. Dozens. So, so Kyle, six what hours is of sunlight? Um, <laughs> I, w- I was gonna say Christmas Evil. Um, Scrooged. I, no, I was Scrooge. gonna say to all a good night. Scrooged. I mean, like, uh, what what are you doing here? <laughs> right. And then I was gonna say Scrooged. I think that like not only like Silent Night Deadly Night is 
though Black Christmas is sort of the like the pinnacle, I think that when I think of something that I want to pair something with, I never want to pair Black Christmas with anything in particular. I think I would want to do Silent Night, Deadly Night, and then Scrooged because Scrooged also has a mean spirit about it, but it leans into that comedy. Like we talk about this with horror comedies all the time. There's horror comedies and there's comedy horror. I think I just think that Silent Night, Deadly Night pairs well with Scrooged and Scrooge is a great way to like end a Christmas night. Like I owe it. Like Scrooge just has a place in my heart yeah. for like, uh, maybe not night, not maybe not Christmas Eve, but like one of those nights kind of like really close to Christmas. Yeah. Watch it like, before Christmas so that you can be with, right. your, be with your feelings uh, before you have to be like, like well, present. Just, yeah. Present. yeah. Exactly. I'm, the twenty second is a good time to I'm watch. Mr. I'm Mr. The last movie Scrooge. I watch before I go to bed on Christmas Eve is like It's a Wonderful Life followed by the Muppets Christmas Carol. Right, like it's like a right, real right, right. it's a real like sad, happy, like barrel. Right. To, right. I, I don't think Scrooge doesn't fit into that, but I don't no. think it fits into it immediately before I'm gonna go real wild. I'm not gonna pick a Christmas movie to double feature Silent Night, Deadly Night with. Um when I was watching it and specifically the Your Brother's Crazy Ricky line made me realize that this movie dances that bizarre line of being a special movie the same way that I think that Sleepaway Camp is such a special movie. You. Where, Hell yeah, where, dude. Where it's <laughs> like, it's like this, this hits way. so many uncomfortable topics. It does so many things that feels so wrong. Dude, it does. It does it so is, many things. It is the it is the sibling to sleep with. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I've so, never yeah. thought about. It. <laughs> like this is the first time it dawned on me that I'm like, this is just like. So sleep away camp Christmas vacation. <laughs> like Yeah, it's... and I'm not trying my reaction is not, oh, of course. My reaction is that's so perfect it's... that it clicked. <laughs> it's untouchable. I'm crying. <laughs> it's untouchable. Yeah. <laughs> well, there we go. All right, Scott. Hey, real quick, I wanted to say yeah. if I wanted to get super crazy with my double features, I could double feature this with Halloween four and Halloween ends. Now, this is very controversial because all three of these movies deal with the idea of evil being a virus yeah. where, that can be passed along. And that's what I, I – mean, and also, the woman who plays Mrs. Marshall also gets her fucking self killed at the beginning of Halloween 4. She's one of the orderlies who takes Michael Myers out of Smith's Grove on Halloween Eve like a fucking idiot. Read the form. Read the file. Exactly. Read the file. Like, I don't care how much you doped him up. He's he's coming back. Uh, but anyway, so if you wanted to do like Halloween 4, Halloween Kills, and then Silent Night, Daylight Night, you're going to get the same movie because it's the same idea that trauma that occurs can create a monster out of a person. And I think that that – because like the end of Halloween 4, Jamie is infected with the evil that Michael Myers had. And in – most of Halloween ends, whatever the fuck his name is, yeah. uh, Corey? Corey. Yeah, Corey. Yeah, Corey. I think it's Corey. Um, I still have four minutes with, left. So. With the, uh, <laughs> he's infected with the the evil of Michael Myers, and I know that people hated that about that movie, but Loved that's it. what I liked about it. I thought, I thought that was, that was really an fun. interesting, fresh idea of totally. way to make that movie. Yeah. But, but we'll talk about that movie, more but... when Kyle's finally gotten around to finishing. It. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about but, it in March. But of Scott, what have you watched <laughs> that you want All to talk about? I um. I want to talk about Love, Death, and Robots season three. Okay. Um, I love season one and two, but season three is, again, special. It is, it made me feel like I have been watching schlock. 
for years because the writing in a couple of these episodes is so perfect that it felt like when I was reading some of the best novel, like short stories of my life when I was younger, when it like when the world was like newer and I wasn't so jaded by art and, you know, creativity where I was like, oh, I've heard this story. I've read this concept before. I mean, it's not that the concepts are fresh. It's that the writing is so good. This The, the actual the, the screenplay is written so well that it's just it's fantastic and and it also it leans more heavily into horror in this season than than um the sci-fi elements and i know that both of the other seasons also had a lot of horror elements but i just felt like this one was like 70 percent horror 30 percent um sci-fi and i really loved that and also i believe it's the last episode of the of the season it has no dialogue because the main character is deaf and the antagonist is a siren, but it's incredible. It is. It's. It's basically like watching ballet. It's phenomenal. So good. If you, if it's on Netflix, if you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. It's so digestible too because everything is between fifteen and twenty-five minutes long. It's. It, it, you can watch it in a really short sitting. I. I tried to pace myself a little bit, but I did a very poor job. I think it was a day and a half that I finished it. All right. I'm gonna bounce off of that to talk about a TV show as well. Actually, that also just. This show broke my brain um, on what you could do with a TV series. Uh, the final season of Atlanta finished airing. And for those of you who are or are not familiar with Atlanta, it's almost the tale of two TV shows. Donald Glover creates this show called Atlanta about a guy whose cousin becomes a pretty well-known rapper. And in a desperate attempt to earn respect, he latches on to this cousin and like becomes the manager and the first season or two of the show it's basically just their adventures as he becomes more and more popular and gets to tour the world that was where don donald glover wanted to stop the show <sighs> the show was making a lot of money so fx was like we want more atlanta and donald glover basically said i will make more seasons of atlanta but it will now be an anthology show where I can tell oh, any cool. type of story that I'm interested in telling and I can explore any type of filmmaking that I want to explore and I can do whatever I want and you will give me free reign to do this. And they were like, sure. So from this point, Good. it's like horror stories, all of this strangeness. The final season has an episode that is so insane. <laughs> like the fact, the fact that it exists as an episode of television is so bizarre to me. It is a fake documentary about the first black CEO of Disney, who, side note, never existed, but who accidentally was in charge of Disney for one year, and he set out to make the blackest Disney cartoon of all time a goofy movie. And it's just like beat for beat. If you've ever seen a goofy movie and you're watching this, the layers of this episode are so funny and you can just watch it out of context because it has nothing to well, do yeah, with any like other episode. Bit. It sounds like yeah. a stand up <laughs> bit about how goofy movie is the blackest. Yeah. Like it's it's the episode is literally called the goof who sat by the door. It is literally a 40 minute fake documentary about a person who doesn't exist that they <laughs> produced. But, but the, but, a goofy movie exists in this world. In this like, movie, yes. It is. Oh my God. It is <laughs> insane. And then I don't want to spoil the show, but the final episode is 
absolutely one of the best ways to end a show this strange and this varied where they found a way to tie the first two seasons and all of the strangeness of the second two seasons into a weird world where it all makes sense that they could all exist simultaneously. It is a true work of art. I am going to miss having a TV show that is like this courageously out there where it's just like, fuck it, we're going to make an episode. And if people get pissed off that for a whole episode, none of their favorite characters are there, they'll just have to deal with it because this is what I feel like making right now. I, dude, I feel like Atlanta's the only television show that I've been recommended throughout its entirety. Do you know yeah, what I mean? It's... Like I've never had, and with different reasons, sure, but it's been recommended to me throughout its entirety. I so. legitimately think that this will be the way that people say that they're going to the world will look back at like Mad Men and um Breaking Bad as like prime examples of like peak drama television. Yeah. I genuinely think that like 10 years from now Atlanta and like The Good Place will be the shows that people look at as like yeah. here's how you write a perfect comedy series that just like captures where the world is in that moment in a beautiful box. That's cool. And the last thing I'll say, I've said this online a couple times, there are episodes of Atlanta that are so uncomfortable and so scary that I am so ready for Donald Glover to go full Jordan Peele and just make <laughs> a horror movie. Don't tease me. I've been recommended that show so many times, and I, I really You would love, Kyle, you it. specifically, from like a filmmaking standpoint, there are so many like 10 minute tracking shots that show up in that. You're just going to be like, this is amazing. (laughs) I love it. Uh, All right, Kyle, send us home. Uh, Dude, I watched, speaking of the uh, R word and the SA word that we've talked, (laughs) I watched Death Wish 2. Interesting choice. It's my first (laughs) Death Wish movie. It's really because Vinegar Syndrome put it out and it came in my <laughs> subscription box. Always and, to blame. Uh, it truly, like, I, to praise and to blame uh, Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, hey, look, like, I, I Well, understand. maybe it was just rough because you didn't have the context of Death Wish 1. <laughs> <laughs> That's really nice of you to say, Matt. Um, I don't think it was. Uh, hey, well, well here's, here's what I'll say. There's maybe the first half an hour. There's too much. Yep. Right. There's too much. And I understand that they put too much in to sort of like claim that the revenge of the too much would be acceptable. You know, as a as a millennial man in 2022, I realize now that you don't need that. I can understand context or hear about it through hearsay or through more subtle ways than very blatant sexual assault on the screen. I mean, truly, like, I don't... And, look, I'm watching it decades removed, so I don't really have... It's not that I don't have a say, like, right? Like, but the movie exists. The movie exists, and I can't do Mm -hmm. anything about that. I do understand that there is a... This sort of thrill and this excitement about a person getting revenge on people that have chosen to exploitate and destroy people yeah. for no reason. I mean, people people call I mean, I don't know. I don't want to like there's there's just also terms for those people the same way that there's terms for the actions, there's terms for the people that per, mm-hmm. pursue those actions that don't seem relevant to me. All in all, a revenge flick is not a revenge flick. 
I prefer a revenge flick that has more subtlety in 1980, whatever the fuck didn't exist. <laughs> and that's, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and so, that's of interest to me. Like, I mean, I, I want to know, I want to know yeah, how yeah. we continue to talk about and tell these stories, acceptance and subtlety, but also <clears throat> uh, to, I don't want to not, I don't want to exploitate anybody, yeah. but I also want to be serious about these. You know, it's just, an, it, it was just an interesting time to watch death wish too. Yeah. That's so, all. so I want to give, I want to give an explanation. Merry not Christmas. An happy new year. Yeah, happy death wish too. It exists. Very quick explanation. It's worth noting with death wish too. And I thought this was the case. I just Googled to make sure. Death Wish 1 ain't anything to write home about either, but I think the Death Wish 1 walks the line that you would like to see it walk a little bit better. Death Wish 2 was another one of those, almost a decade after the first movie, Canon Pictures bought the rights oh, yeah. and were like, we're going to just produce as many sequels as we can for this. Right. And like, as much as we do and love our did. Canon Pictures around here... They also weren't very great at not picking the absolute oh. wrong detail that made the first yeah. movie popular. No, no. <laughs> like, what, what, dude, but here's the other thing. I told my my buddy Evan that I watched it. He he told me, he was like, oh, my grandmother loved those Death Wish movies. I my was grandma like, did too. Yeah, my my parents real- love like that and like the Dirty yes. Harry movies. It was just yes. a thing. I don't know yes. what it was. But it was the but 70s it, the, but you gritty know what cop it was. fighting against the system or whatever. Right, yeah. right, right. I'll be mega heads now. Uh, Nana exactly. Barrett, Evan, Evan's grandma, <laughs> Nana Barrett, watched them on TBS, though. So we're mm-hmm. missing. I mean, like, this Vinegar Syndrome yeah. release has TBS both. is very implied, I'm sure. Right, right, right. Mm, yeah. The, the, but this Vinegar Syndrome release has both the unrated version and the TV cut. So there's no rated version in the middle here, just the, which is interesting. Uh, unrated bad or unrated okay? No, no, unrated. Unrated for sure the most rapey thing, unfortunately. But right, also, right. I didn't. I I don't know. I didn't. I didn't watch the TV cut. I have no concept, so I wanted to watch. You know, what I don't was... think you need to. I no. think that that's just. I kind of want to now. It's the TV cut's longer. I shouldn't say I want to watch Death Wish 2's TV cut, but I kind of. This has happened a couple times now. I think maybe I should start with a TV cut, and if I enjoy <laughs> it enough, loop back. Yeah, to see the what the full cut. deal is. Yeah, I think I actually want to start with the taint. That's the way to do it. Yeah, yeah that's the way yeah, to do it. Go with go with the Nana. Go with the Nana Barrett cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, well, that was Silent Night, Deadly Night from 1984. Essentially chosen by Scott, but chosen by all of us. It's a a holiday celebration. We accept. We agree. We don't know what we're going to be talking about next week because uh, at the time that we're recording this, the the Black Friday poll has not dropped just yet. So next week, we're watching something. Y'all guys voted for it. Who knows what it is? Tune in. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.